On the dirt floor, seven bearded 19 to 20 year old men, my roommates, slept shoulder to shoulder swaddled in brown wool blankets. Their antiquated Kalishnikov AK-47 Soviet rifles rested by their sides, the triggers in safety lock position. These Afghani freedom fighters had spent the previous night planning a surprise attack on a Soviet caravan in the morning. Now they rested, saving their strength. A half moon shone through the open window of the one-room mud house. We were in Kandahar, an Afghan region near the Afghan-Pakistan border that was a front line in the war against the Soviet invasion. Muslim, the Afghani commander in Pakistan, had arranged for the Mujahideen to bring enough arms for me to film a battle. But as each hour brought me closer to the approaching battle, I flipped from lying on my right side to left side inside the goose-down sleeping bag in the back of the room. The Mujahideen seemed as edgy as I was. They were getting up more frequently during the early hours before dawn. I opened my eyes each time a Mujahideen coughed or another one went outside to pee or pray. Extra prayers to Allah relieved some of their restlessness. Nothing helped me feel okay in my skin. As the hour crept towards dawn, I smelled smoke and heard a crackling fire. The men would be waking, but even the crackling fire, smell of smoke, and signs of green tea in the making could not rouse me to leave my warm sleeping bag. Instead, I scooted over a few feet, so I could rest my back against the dirt wall and switched on the flashlight. Iridescent dust particles shimmered in the beam of light. It was 1982. I had turned 21 years old on the border, dividing Afghanistan with Pakistan a week ago. Under the pretext of wanting to liberate Afghan communists and fight Islamic extremists, the Soviet Union had staged an invasion in 1979. They were after valuable natural resources in Afghanistan, natural gas, uranium, iron ore, and copper, and easier access for trade with India and the Middle East. When I learned of the Afghanistan opportunity, there was a promise to be an eyewitness to a war, be a camera person, go beyond my self-doubt as a woman filmmaker who hadn't made a film yet outside of film school. In this remote wilderness, I wanted to discover an aspect of myself that felt whole, strong, and confident. And there was something stronger, a magnetic force drawing me to adventure, to a future unknown. The excitement was to be liberated in the moment, exhilarated to breathe in a zone free of constraints and labels, and removed from family obligations to help my teenage sister and younger brother who were having a tough time with my divorced parents. Afghanistan would be a launching pad into my real adult life. Leaning against the wall in the hideout house, I gathered myself, took a deep breath, and noticed there was a stretching, pulling, and flipping sensation in my stomach, like a reptile swishing its scaly tail. The sensation bordered on terror, a high-pitched battle cry. In the morning, I would shoot my first war footage for TV. Anchorman Dan Rather from the CBS Evening News had commissioned the story for the U.S. market, 
two years earlier, rather, had succeeded in being the first U.S. television journalist to get inside Afghanistan immediately after the Soviet invasion. The televised one-minute news clip showed him standing across the border after he sneaked in disguised in Afghani clothes. He was one of the few U.S. journalists who had covered Afghanistan. Afghanistan. 